So Work Positive Nation, how do you deal with adversity? I mean, the kind that hits you hard, knocks you down, professionally and personally. The kind that shakes you to your core. My guest today is a breakthrough specialist who's personally worked with hundreds of individuals over the past 15 years and helped them transform their mindset, raise their awareness, and uncover blind spots so they break through walls that previously held them back. So if you're struggling with or ever encountered some obstacles to your best work, this episode of the Work Positive Podcast is for you. Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey Work Positive Nation, help me welcome to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast, my new best friend. Well, I don't know how new he is because we've known each other for a little while now, right? Adam K6. Adam, welcome to the Work Positive Podcast, man. So delighted to have you on. Dr. Joey and family, thank you very much. I am nervous, but super excited to be here. (laughs) Wait a minute. You're nervous. I'm having trouble getting my head wrapped around that, dude. I get butterflies. I I could wake you up at 3 a.m. and you could do one of these podcasts. That's just how good you are. You're amazing. You really are. All right, Adam, I don't know where you got this weird notion that adversity is a part of our work lives. I mean, where'd you come up with that? Uh, Have you experienced some yourself? Yeah, my first application, my first W-2, my first 1099, the first time I left my mom and dad's house. Oh, <laughs> uh, it waited until you left the house. Man, mine started when I was nine. <laughs> well, uh, as I said in the intro, one of the things I love about you is that you help people achieve breakthroughs despite adversity. So first of all, let's just talk about the types of adversity we encounter, because I've got this theory. Well, actually, it's not theory. It's reality that whenever we talk about this artificial, this separation between personal and professional, that it is artificial, that whatever happens at home doesn't stay at home. It comes to work with us. And whatever happens at work goes home with us. And so we oftentimes wind up delivering the mail to the wrong address. Right. Because if something happens at work and I can't do anything about it, I take it home. I'll take it out on the dog. Probably not the cat because cats usually smart enough to figure out what's going on and get out of the way. Right? <laughs> Dogs just like, hey, man, glad to see you. <laughs> right? So, so talk about the impact of adversity. And I love your story. So if you want to share some of your story about how it impacted you when you stepped away from mom and dad to your first W-2, mm. share it, brother. You know, the first thing that caught my mind, so I want to I want to rewind a little bit with my starting point, and that is achieving breakthrough despite adversity. I want to help people understand that adversity is not necessarily your the wall that's keeping you from the other side where you desire to be. Mm. Martial artists look at it as I'm going to use adversity, the weight of my opponent in practical terms, Mm -hmm. in the leverage of my technique 
to turn it around so my offense takes control and I don't have to continue playing defense, getting hit by the things that come to my office every day, responding to fires. This is where it plays out practically. So rather than despite of adversity, I'm going to say even because of or thank oh, to adversity. Yeah. You remind me, uh, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale published a book back in 1952 called The Power of Positive Thinking. And in there, he says, every adversity contains within it the seeds of opportunity. Now, that that sounds really paradoxical, like, hey, come on, you guys are talking out of both sides of your mouth. But when you can embrace the adversity and see it as an opportunity, I like your word leverage there, as an opportunity to leverage. Man, it just puts a whole different focus on it, doesn't it? Yep. You know, it's going to heighten your awareness. So mm. a recent story, rather than talk about myself, because, you know, people want to check me out later, they can do that. And they get plenty of me because I like some me sometimes. <laughs> I like some you too. <laughs> <laughs> this, you see why I get butterflies? Because I know I'm going to say something stupid. Oh, man, and, it's and all happen. good, brother. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. leveraging. We're leveraging. <laughs> over the past, over the past, let's say couple months, there's been a situation going on in my wife's gym. So she's a, a lead trainer underneath right. the owner. And then there's another trainer who is a, is a general, is a general personal trainer. Okay. So this woman is under 30. All right. The owner's approaching 40 and also has a husband that comes in and involves himself in, in, in the leadership and maybe some day-to-day operation things, but isn't on the ground level, doesn't do what they do with the other, with the clients. Okay. So there's been this friction between the trainer and the ownership, basically in style and some energy and some wonderings, but the communication has not been flowing unless it's been gossip behind the scenes to different parties. Mm. So we've started off with a, with toxic features and it mm. didn't get better. So mm. this person, and I were discussing this just a bit. And w- w- as she's full of anxiety and worry and the weight of this is on her and it hasn't mm. been communicated at all to her boss. There's been, th- th- there's been none of that going on. Mm. One thing that I mentioned to her, because when you're dealing with adversity and you're already in this orientation or as Bob Proctor, one of my heroes would say, you're in a state of dis ease right. on the inside. Mm-hmm. You can't, you're not going to be effective just taking action or, or taking some leadership principle and going with it. There, you've got to get, we got to get a reset going. We got to step back into who we are. And that's where I began with her. I said, forget everything that everybody said here today, including me, because we all like to spew our stuff. And some of us <laughs> got good stuff and some of us got some other stuff, but it can be confusing stuff. And I, I, I like getting going real simple. I call them simple, practical actions because we have a beautiful spa that we love spending time in. And so simple, practical action, mm. go in the spa and everything's better. And I said, this is one of the exercises people will find in my material. Get into the mirror. Don't confuse the simplicity with ineffectiveness now or overlook mm. it. Mm. Get into the mirror on your own in the morning before when you're alone or at night, whatever you got to do where you can think, look into your own pupils and remember who you are. Mm. Remember where you've been. This doesn't mean you got to show up aggressive, muscly and pushing people around and and coercing or using force. That's not what this means. Mm. This means what are your intentions? What is your agenda? Because I'm sure that all things being equal, you want a win-win scenario out of this, right? Yes, of course. Okay. So stop letting offense and insecurity and damage 
or preconceived notions or even the past with these people mm-hmm. get in the way today. What do we want now? What are we trying to get to? Because I guarantee it, if it's a win-win and it's going to help the business grow and the clients sure. flourish and you flourish, no one in there is psychotic. They're going to go <laughs> with it. Well, that we know of. <laughs> that we know of. Nothing proven documentary was. So, and that's what we began. And I helped her understand you have to get back to you and understand what your agenda is, but then also realize you've been through adversity before. You're not a spring chicken at this. Even if you're a teenager starting out in the workplace, you've gone through adversities. You just reminded me of adversity coming when you're nine years old. Of course it did. Oh, absolutely. Well, I like to say, Adam, that even, even if you're just starting kindergarten, you've experienced adversity, right? Because you learned to walk and you spent more time on your bottom than you did on your feet there for a while. So you learned to walk. Uh, you learned to manipulate your parents when you were two years old to get what you wanted, right? So we, we've all figured out ways of dealing with adversity and moving forward. So, yeah, you're not a spring chicken. However, what I really like that you're, you're doing here is you're doing a simple, practical, active recognition of here's the adversity, but you're also encouraging her to get inside of herself and to know herself. So the self-awareness piece is going very, very high. And then you're going next, I think, to communicating that. And when a culture is toxic in a, in a work environment, and it's hard to communicate clearly, isn't it? Oh, it's the worst. I've been in them and I've been in them in the last decade. And mm. A couple times, significant things. One of them was so bad that they had the FBI come out and check them out. Holy cow. Now, those dudes could come in and do that, could communicate, couldn't they? <laughs> yeah, they're, Give me all your documents. <laughs> I was not there when, when they were investigated, but I was part of Disclaimer. Disclaimer, folks. That's right. No Adam Kasichs were no knowledge. <laughs> plausible deniability. So let's say that that uh, I'm a leader. It's my role to communicate clearly, even in the midst of, we'll say, strained relationships or toxic relationships, however you want to talk about it. I call those kinds of situations uh, a Kevin culture, by the way. Mm-hmm. So how do I, as a leader in the midst of that, Adam, communicate clearly. What are are some practical ways I can do that? Well, I want to ask for some clarity because I believe the the owner operator of the gym, as well as the trainer, I believe they both have capacities and responsibilities to lead. I believe each and every one of us are leaders in our own, in our circle of control. So when you mean this, are you discussing the one who has the power to to end the relationship there. Well, I guess they both have that power. They all have power. Right. Right. The trainer or the owner. Both. I mean, how do we, how do we lead ourselves to communicate clearly? How do we lead others to communicate clearly? So I'll, I'll start with the owner operator because this one lit a fire under me because I have this background in coaching with CEOs and executives. And mm-hmm. I like, I like to take things to them first as being the one who's chiefly responsible for the culture in the workplace. Mm, they set the, the pace or, or the family. Yes, mm-hmm. they do set the pace. Thank you. This was a, you know, Harvey Firestone, the inventor of rubber. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's inventor of rubber. That's a joke. He's inventor of the t- Firestone tire. Right. Firestone said the, 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 the aim, the goal of leadership, it, the ultimate goal of leadership is the growth and development of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this has been in my heart as a core value of mine since I heard it. And I'm like, that is just such good wisdom. Yes. So the ball was dropped 
from the ownership side, because when this person, the trainer, let's say the subordinate comes to the boss, a bit emotional, bit out of sorts, maybe not used to this level of, of a conflict situation in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe their way of communicating was a little bit abrupt in course and, and lent to their immaturity. It kind of revealed that. Well, we can go through the cost of turnover if you want, because bosses and COOs and CFOs, we know what these costs are. They're tremendous in they this are very tremendous. Mm-hmm. So instead of that, and we hang out with Firestone and have a coffee with him for a minute, and we're like, okay, what should I do? Should I cut their head off, Mr. Firestone? No, don't cut their head off. Stop this. <laughs> Let's try to understand where they're coming from and see if this relationship can be salvaged and, and all of us be better for it. Hmm. None of that happened. Hmm. The owners received the email and their egos flared up. Yeah. And now we have warring egos, which is actually not the honest truth of where both parties were coming from. Both parties, good parties, good people, ethical. And the egos got, they got, got excited. And then by the end of that day, the relationship ended. Wow. And it didn't need to, because now clients are losing. Now Mm. the trainer has to figure out something else for some income. Mm. The owners now have to replace that trainer with another trainer when this person's been there for a year and a half. Like Mm. it's so much waste that it was really disappointing and disheartening for me. But, you know, I didn't get the opportunity to, to go chat with them. So yeah, to get, get in there soon enough. One of the things that, that I find especially helpful in working with companies as well as C-suiters is to understand the difference between a reaction and a response. Mm. When I'm reacting, I'm sending back to you times 10 or a hundred or however many amps I can put up under it. Right. What yep. you sent to me, because it's a flash. It's just in that moment, I'm coming back at you. Instead of a response. Now, I don't know about you, Adam, but I have to let things kind of sit before I respond. And and I have to uh, face down some of the, <laughs> the, the, the thoughts I have. One of the best days of my life, in fact, Adam, was the day I discovered I didn't have to say everything I was thinking. That was a great day. You know, it's kept me married for 40 plus years. Um, (laughs) It's kept me working with some incredible people because like Firestone, we're developing people at the end of the day. Right. Yep. So how can we in the midst of the adversity, believing that there are seeds of opportunity within it, that we can leverage the adversity? How can we go back and rewrite that story, understanding the difference between a response and a reaction now? Okay. So, you know, if I'm the leader and I, and I get this, this concern come to me from one of my people, and I'm going to stick with the theme of this story because it's such a good case study and what not to do. Sure. Well, the first of all is that they're not aware. The leader doesn't have the awareness of the response and reaction. So one of the big things as a leader, you always have to be learning and that's not to be cliche, but Mm -mm. every great perform anyone who wants to perform better than they are gets a coach. And the professionals of the world have more coaches than any of us because they have coaches for different genres of their life, different niches, their nutrition, their, their Mm -hmm. blood work, their everything. They have Mm -hmm. coaches are there, let alone mindset. So if we can handle the, the awareness and help them realize the difference between reacting and you can look at, you know, the energy in your kitchen on a day-to-day basis to know the general energy of your life, because that <laughs> conflicts are going to happen if you're married. And then you realize, because over 40, I, I've learned to slow down my tongue as well, believe it or not. But if you can learn that if I'm going to re- react, we're going to get more negative more often. Right. 
But if I take a minute and consider what I just experienced from this person and I calculate a response, not necessarily to be cunning or, or, or anything sideways, right. but to be get the best outcome possible. So right. if, if one of my kids is, is 11 or 12 and, and he says, I have boys 11 and 12, and he says, and he acts it way, he flies off the handle and outburst pounds up the stairs a minute and I'm like, and it catches us off guard. Yeah. I used to jump on him too, but these days I'll let him go blow that smoke somewhere. And yep. then if he comes back or I go visit him after a little while, mm-hmm. I'm going to, this is one of my favorite phrases to use. And this is what I would have used if I was the owner operator of that gym with my person, my trainer, hmm. I would have said, Hey, I see what you did there. I I'm receiving your message. I believe I'm clear on this, but just so I am help me understand something. And that's one of my favorite phrases in the whole world is help me understand. And I can go and we can go different directions there. This wasn't like you. I'm not sure where the attitude's coming from that I'm perceiving. It it seems like there's some tension here, some anger, Mm. some frustration. So I don't want to put all that on you, but I do want to help. I want to know where you're coming from clearly. And when you're doing these kind of things, again, the closer to eye to eye in the flesh that you can be, Mm the better the mm-hmm. you want to go you don't you like the sin of sins would be to do this through a text this is a work <laughs> you don't do the anything remotely negative you don't text. so i know there's all these different things we can cover bases for on this yeah it's it's, it's the old seek to understand mr yeah. Covey. it is That's just right thank you Stephen Covey. it is and, it is seeking to understand right emails are about as bad too because there's all kinds of ways of just interpreting and Man, sometimes I'm thinking one thing and something else comes out of my fingers. But anyway, so let's let's say, well, Adam, uh, Adam Kasich is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive podcast. As people are listening, they like to rifle through websites. What's uh, what's a place we can go and they can check out while they're doing this? Let's do I got a gift for them and it's okay. it's fresh and updated this year. It's my best stuff. It's an overview of my best stuff. They're not getting all the best stuff. They got to pay up and join my my crew <laughs> with right. their eyeballs to my YouTube. I'm kidding. <laughs> but the number 7 uh-huh. seven pillars.revolutionaryfreedom.com Okay, sevenpillars.revolutionaryfreedom.com. Okay, that's in the show notes uh, if you're on Peloton or walking the dog or something. Sevenpillars.revolutionaryfreedom.com. If you want to go there right now as you're listening to Adam and I in this conversation, discovering how to work positive, please do. Okay, so... My my daughter teaches our three year old granddaughter when she's emotionally overwrought, shall we say, or overwhelmed or whatever. She says, "Honey, would you like to take a minute?" And so then here's here goes this little three year old off to her room to sit in a chair, play with a baby doll or something, and collect herself. And then she comes back, and and the world is fine. So let's say I'm going to take a minute, right? (laughs) That's my favorite phrase. Take a minute. How do I communicate that kind of culture, which obviously is driven by a high level of self-awareness, which comes through a great coaching relationship, right? And I'm choosing actions that are aligned with that awareness. And then I have an accountability system that keeps me on that path of action, which aligns with my awareness. How do I communicate that? to someone that I'm having a conversation with about joining our team. I'm trying to attract top talent. How do I describe that kind of aware, action-oriented, accountable culture to someone where it's okay to take a minute here? I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to ask them is, 
I'm going to ask them about adversity they faced in their life. I need them to tell me a story or two about where they were in tough situations. And I really want to know how they handled it. That's the very first thing I go, because you're not is someone coming into your organization. They already have an internal culture. Mm -hmm. You're not reshaping that during orientation or probation over 90 days. That is not happening. <laughs> nope. So you have to understand the ethic and the character of the person who's sitting in that chair in front of you or in the Zoom screen or however we're doing it. Right. That's the very first thing. I need to know what they're made of, so I'm going to get them talking and telling me stories. Cool. And then I'm going to probe inside those questions. I want to find out where their ethics lie. I want to know mm. if they if they cut any kind of corners whatsoever. Because mm. if they if any of that stuff comes out then, no, it's the old phrase. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want to see as much as I can get that out. I want to flesh that out in, in the in the interviews, whatever that process sure. is. So you're on a discovery mission asking them to tell stories of adversity in their lives because you want to hear how they handled it. How how do you communicate? This is the kind of culture we are. To to because that's the heart of attraction factor, right? You mentioned Bob Proctor earlier. I've got to become what it is that I want to attract, or I've got to be, I've got to be open to that, to receiving that. So how yeah. do I how do I tell my story? Yes, so I'm going to tell a story about the case studies of success that are within my organization and the people mm -hmm. that are flourishing, Sweet. and and the approach that those people have and maybe a story from their life and that's on the success side. And I'm going to give a negative example that I'm going to know personally, whether it was through coaching and consulting other organizations. Uh -huh. And I care less about the skills and the nuance of what we need to teach inside the organization for what we're actually doing in the work uh -huh. versus again, who the person is, what, what I need to see their heart because yeah. when yeah. you can get in touch and feel that you don't need to be sitting around walking on coals together that are on fire. Like we don't have to go all the way to the retreat, which I just went to last month. And <laughs> there was a little bit of that woo woo going on, but it had its value. Right? Right. Yeah, it does have That's, a lot of value. I need to know. And those are going to happen through stories and shining examples. It's the same thing I do with my kids. I don't favor one over the other, but mm -hmm. if once nailing something, yeah. I live that example. And right. I don't publicly berate the bad one, but I'm going to share that right. with a one-on-one -on -one and I'm going to see, I'm going to look in their body language and I'm going to see what, mm -hmm. how they're responding to these things. And you're holding up that positive example as to here's how we like to roll around here. Okay. Let's say that there's that alignment because what I hear you saying is there's certain personal qualities you have to hire. You can't teach, right? Or you can't coach for it. So let's say that you attract that top talent. There's great alignment. Then now that they're on your team, how do I accelerate the relationship? How do I grow the person a la Firestone? Again, another mentor of mine way long in the past said, you spelled love, T-I-M-E. Now, why does love matter? Well, there's love or fear. So you can operate the organization in, in the one you choose, but I'm going mm -hmm. to lead to the side of love here and it's care and it's development and it's, it's not soft, gushy stuff. We're talking about the best for everyone involved. That's what we're here for. Yep. Businesses are here to make profits and you do that by taking care of people in and outside the company. And I just lost my train of thought. Where was I? 
Love is spelled T-I-M-E, man. The people. How do we develop them after they're already on board? Mm -hmm. I need time with people. And the newer they are, the closer they're going to be to me. I'm going to walk with them. If I can take a minute to get a coffee, go outside. If they like to still take a smoke break and they want to go out for five or ten minutes and I don't smoke, I'm going to go out there and pick their brain a little bit and and get them talking. The more time we get, this is what we do in relationships. When we start Mm -hmm. a romantic relationship, we go on dates. And then that frequency increases to the point where we're sleeping next to them until we die. Mm. So... It, it, you start out here and then you you bring it in the more the relationship matters. And if these especially are people that we're bringing in to be leaders in our organizations, we are already modeling the culture of the organization or we have toxic stuff flowing through. And to whatever degree that we are incongruent with who we're supposed to be in the culture that we preach versus who we are as a person, the mm. more that's going to infect the rest of the organization. So mm. you have to model and you have to message. But the big way that I like to think about messaging is spending that time sharing stories, getting to know each other, going to lunch, take the new person out, whatever that is. But mm. it, on, on a practical side, it's got to be at least once a week with people that are new. Oh, yeah, at least once a week. At least that personal time, even if it's five, 10 minutes in the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because it's spelled love is spelled T-I-M-E. So let's say that I've, I've had those conversations. The person has joined the team. I've made sure that there's that alignment of qualities and characteristics that we want on our team. Uh, let's say that I'm spending time with them. I'm, I'm showing them the love and things like that. I'm communicating clearly. There's open lines of communication that's coming more and more frequently because the intimacy in our relationship is growing. What are some of the challenges that I'm going to that I could encounter and, and that you've seen in companies? Because adversity is going to come. Even when you're doing all the right things, something's going to detour you. What are some of those challenges that detour us, Adam? One of the biggest, most effect, most damaging things that, that is going to happen is gossip. Oh, and wow. So if, if there's any form of negative information that's floating around in an organization. It is, you know, in basic training, they they took us in these buildings. This is back in the late nineties. So we didn't have red cards or yellow cards to tell them that we needed a mental health break (laughs) war training. But they put us in a a brick building Uh and then they had us put these masks on so we'd be safe from the gas. Okay. And then they made us take the mask off and breathe deeply. And they insured it. And then it's this mustard gas sort of tear gas stuff. Right. And then yeah. it messes you up in the, in the, in the body fluid start. Sorry folks, but that's, that's sure. what happens in the, you're puking. That is what gossip's going to do. Hmm. If the mask of the culture of the, the cultural mask is not on the organization, each individual, hmm. that gossip is going to disable the workflow in any kind of, even if it doesn't look like it, hmm. it will. it's a small little fire in the corner that we would never ignore if it was a real fire. Yeah, but Mm. that fire is going to take hold and the the clarity behind the open doors, the glass offices where people Mm -hmm. can see things, being able to approach the head dog, the head honcho, any concern you have, knowing that you do have the freedom to, to, to bring a message or to bring a concern without getting your head ripped off is critical because Mm. if people think that they can't share things with you at all, Mm. won't but that doesn't mean they're not going to share them they will and they're going to do it on the phone on the way home from work they're going to spend they're going to start their own text group and they're going to talk about the organization and i've watched it firsthand it happened in that company that had the fbi send Mm. a love note and Mm -hmm. 
That is number one, first and foremost, the biggest. Everything needs to be on the table. Clarity. Man, that is so very true. That's why on our website at workpositive.today, Adam, uh, our lead magnet, in other words, a free gift that you can get when you come there, is a course that I did, a video-based course called Something to Talk About. And there's six modules that help us transform negative conversations into positive ones, just really reversing that polarity. Um, because words matter. You know, they weigh a lot, especially the, the higher up the food chain you get. Adam Kasich is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Um, we are going to go to sevenpillars.revolutionaryfreedom.com. That's in the show notes. All you got to do is click on it and go there. Uh, what are we going to find when we go there, Adam? You know, we discussed awareness a little bit today, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it governs all of it. Sure. The first thing that people are going to do when they download this free gift that I labored over for them, because I know the point of being able to, of being stuck in a situation, even if it's mm. not personal to us, we're still in it personally. Yeah. And if we don't have the awareness, similar to the case study that I shared with you, the not so positive one earlier, right. we don't have the awareness. If we lack that, mm-hmm. that blind spot is going to cause other problems and burdens around us. And the very first thing that I'm going to help people do is understand the construction of their own perception. Mm. There's an identity pathway in there that is on its own as a standalone document that could be a wonderful free download, but it's included in this. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes you from the moment a stimulus occurs, the event happens, whatever it is. It could be rain. It could be someone yelling at you. It could be a wreck. It could be something <laughs> you saw that triggered you on TV. Right. Reminds you of a bad boss. Mm-hmm. Something happens. And then that starts a path. And mm-hmm. we go down that path. We follow that same path every single time anything occurs in our life. And it goes through the filter of our own conditioning. So when we start understanding that, we can start paying attention to how we respond and start reacting less and Mm. then our awareness will rise and that tends to be a self-fulfilling a self-virtuous circle that that will keep Mm. expanding the more we become aware Mm. and work positive nation there's six other amazing pillars right there so you're going to want to in addition to that one so you're going to want to go to sevenpillars.revolutionaryfreedom.com and again it's in our show notes if you want to pick it up there and click on that hyperlink Adam K6, Work Positive Nation, always wants to know from my guest, what's one thing, one thing you would encourage them to do starting today to create a work positive culture? They need to understand their number one intention as it relates to their value offering in the workplace. So not necessarily their number one intention of having that job. Mm Mm-hmm. Or being a leader in that company, because typically it's to provide for our family and do something what we don't hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully, and hopefully yeah. we even love That's it. That's the game plan anyway. <laughs> but if we are clear on the value that we can offer out of the giftings that we have, our natural flow, mm-hmm. and then we can bring that in there, our intention, and we begin communicating that, helping people understand maybe most of us are probably not in that right seat on the bus, and maybe we can get shifted around a little bit, but we can't know that unless we have the awareness of the clarity of our own intention within that organism. Mm. And that's the number one thing that I believe when people are upset or they're, they're experiencing all this un, this unevenness in their own workplace, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're not doing what they should be doing. They're probably not offering the value that they need to be offering personally with what they're gifted at, what their genius is. And when we get clear on that, 
sometimes it might lead to a job change, a career switch, uh, you know, a transfer, a, a something else. But and that can be a little scary. But oftentimes is, is another I love quoting these these inspirational quotes. The treasure we seek, the cave we fear to enter contains the treasure we seek. Oh, I love it. Absolutely and love it. Be aware is, of who you are, Work Positive Nation. Man, that's a great one thing to do today. And that's something I can do regardless of where I work. So Work Positive Nation, go and do it with gratitude to Adam Kasich's. The website is Seven Pillars. That's the number seven, sevenpillars.revolutionaryfreedom.com. Do yourself a huge favor and go there right now. Adam, thank you for the gift of your wisdom, man. I really appreciate you being on here a lot and sharing so freely and openly with us about how we can achieve some breakthroughs in the midst of all this adversity and even leverage the adversity. Thank you so much, Adam. All the best, guys. It's my honor. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends who are HR and small business leaders so they can do one thing today to create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. I'd like to give you a free Work Positive course just for listening. It's called Something to Talk About, and it's transformed the work conversations of so many people all over the world. Get your free copy when you go to workpositive.today slash something to talk about and you can start transforming your conversations today. Remember, it pays to work positive.